Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Good morning. I'm Adora Namigade, and this is The Rundown. A 71-year-old man has pleaded not guilty in the fatal stabbing of a six-year-old Palestinian-American boy in West Suburban Plainfield. My colleague Chip Mitchell reported on the court hearing. Joseph Juba was arraigned on charges including murder, attempted murder, and a hate crime. The October 14th attack killed six-year-old Wadea Al-Fayume and wounded his mother, Hanan Shaheen. Juba was Shaheen's landlord. She says he was upset over the Israel-Hamas war and attacked them after she urged him to pray for peace. A Will County judge ruled Juba will remain locked up ahead of a January 8th pretrial hearing. President Joe Biden has condemned the stabbings and Islamophobia, but some Muslim and Arab-American groups are criticizing him for backing Israel's attack on Gaza in response to the Hamas massacre in Israel. Black public school students in Illinois drove growth in both reading and math test scores across the state this year. But my colleague Sarah Karp says there are still wide gaps in achievement between different racial and ethnic groups. The Illinois State Report Card, released yesterday, shows even with impressive growth, there's still a 30 percentage point gap in proficiency rates between black and white students. Tony Sanders is the state superintendent. We educate black students disproportionately in underfunded districts with more teacher vacancies, higher teacher and principal turnover, higher chronic absenteeism. So our black students in general have less access to supports and the resources they need to learn. He says the growth on test scores is likely due to increases in state funding that's targeted to schools that have been underfunded and serve a lot of black and Latino students. University of Chicago student environmental activists filed a legal complaint yesterday, challenging the legality of the university's fossil fuel investments. My colleague Juan Pablo Ramirez Franco reported the story. Georgia Waluka is a third-year student. She's been following divestment campaigns at other universities and says UChicago should divest too. We're saying that by investing in fossil fuels and effectively investing in climate change, they are neglecting that commitment to their students' continued safety and well-being, and that directly violates state law. Students filed a complaint with the Illinois Attorney General. Campus organizers say the continued investment of university dollars into fossil fuels is in direct conflict with its nonprofit mission. UChicago officials could not be reached for comment. Halloween is here, but the costumes worn by trick-or-treaters won't be the scariest thing outside. The forecast calls for the first measurable snow of the season in the Chicago area today, and that could leave slushy conditions on our streets and sidewalks. While most of us will likely see less than one inch of snow, Gino Izzy of the National Weather Service says we could also see unseasonably low wind chills. We definitely advise anyone going out to trick-or-treat, bundle up, wear some layers, and try to minimize some of the time you spend outdoors. The snow showers will be scattered throughout the day, but forecasters say we may see the most snow during peak trick-or-treating hours, from 3 to 7 p.m. And as temperatures drop, the city of Chicago is using buses to help keep arriving migrants warm. But of the 22 police district stations where migrants are being housed, so far only 16 stations have the warming buses. As of last count, there are 3,900 migrants being housed at police stations and at O'Hare International Airport. 
quick things you should know today. An Evanston teen who is being held hostage by Hamas is back in Chicago. 18-year-old Natalie Renan and her mother Judith were kidnapped October 7th during a surprise attack by Hamas near the border of Gaza. The mother and daughter were released nearly two weeks later. The Sun-Times reports it's not clear when 59-year-old Judith will be arriving in Chicago. Columbia College Chicago has long relied on working professionals to teach its students. Now, the nearly 600 who make up a majority of educators at the South Loop School are striking for job security and health insurance. The standoff is putting an estimated 1,000 classes on hold. Administrators and adjunct professors will head back to the bargaining table today. And a proposal to give Chicago workers 12 days of paid time off annually hit a stumbling block yesterday at City Hall. Starting next year, all Illinois businesses will be required to provide five days of paid leave. The Chicago proposal would more than double that number. But the proposal stalled in a city council committee, with labor and business groups accusing each other of walking away from negotiations. The committee will meet again Thursday. And just to reiterate the bad news from earlier, I want to remind you that today it's supposed to snow and the highs in the upper 30s, upper 20s in the evening. Tomorrow it will be slightly warmer with the high in the mid 40s. Later today, we want to tell you a ghost story. It's about a family in Pilsen who's convinced that a spirit lives in their home. But what's scarier than their house possibly being haunted is the real possibility of losing it altogether. Even as we're talking about these paranormal things, there's this like consciousness that like, you know, the reality is Pilsen has become unaffordable for so many people. My Rundown co-host Aaron Allen talks to Curious City reporter Adriana Cardona Magigad and journalist Mauricio Peña about how they used their reporting skills to become ghost hunters. That's today at one o'clock. I'm Adora Namigad Day. Thanks for listening.